Hello there. Welcome to the SPS Pod. In this episode, we're doing another Performance Origins Deep Dive, a conversation with another creator, and this creator is Dakota Robertson. He has over 500,000 followers. He is one of the best ghostwriters on Twitter, LinkedIn, wherever you hang out, you need a ghostwriter. Dakota is your guy. He also teaches people how to become ghostwriters, and a lot of his students have had absolutely amazing results. Let's get into discussing Dakota's very unique journey to becoming very successful online. Let's get into it. You're listening to the Self Performance Strategies Podcast. My name is Steven and I am your host. The SPS Pod is all about breaking down the complex world of performance and making it easier for you to build momentum in your life. Essentially, I'm here to help you do less dumb shit. The SPS Pod is brought to you by the Pro Accelerator Program, a program specifically designed to help business owners and solopreneurs get rid of mental fatigue, save at least 10 hours a week, and also build a lot of momentum towards the key pillars and the goals that matter most to them. If that sounds like something you're interested in, check out the show notes and follow the links for the Pro Accelerator. But now, it's time to get into this episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello, hello, hello. We are in episode 58 of the SPS podcast, of the Self-Performance Strategies podcast. And today, we're doing another Performance Origins deep dive with a Twitter creator, Ghostwriter, a man who's on every platform, really. He's got over 500,000 followers between Twitter, threads, LinkedIn, Instagram. It's Dakota Robertson, and he has... Uh, or he is a ghostwriter, and he has a ghostwriting cohort, and I'm super excited to have him on as a fellow British Columbian. Yes, my accent is Irish, but I am a, a, a Canadian and a British Columbian. Uh, Dakota's from Kelowna. I'm based in Vancouver, so it's cool to have another quote-unquote air quotes local. I'm not from here, and he's never in British Columbia. <laughs> uh, Dakota, uh, absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. Uh, it's been a long time since we had a, a conversation uh, since meeting through Dan Coe's cohorts, I think one of his first ones. Uh, it's been an absolute uh, pleasure to see your growth on Twitter and other places. How are you, my man? I am peachy keen. Um, yeah, it's cool. We, It's interesting with the Twitter community. You know, everyone's in all these different locations, but it's it's really cool when you get to connect with somebody that's a bit closer to home, even though, yeah, I'm never home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're you're in Pamana, Pamana, Pamana. I can't even Pamana. say it. <laughs> yeah. what was that? What Panama. <laughs> in the foreign land of Pamana. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible, man. Yeah, but you're you're Central America, that is, is that or is that considered yes. South America? Central. Central America. Yeah. Central. Yeah. That's nice, man. Yeah. That's nice. That's awesome. That's yeah. uh, Get, getting away from the Vancouver heat uh, and getting into the Central American heat. Yeah, the nice humid heat. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's great. That's, it's cool. So I, I asked this question to all my uh, podcast guests when they come on. It's the first question I start every pod with, and, and it's pretty straightforward. What, what, is, what is your personal self-performance philosophy, or what is your personal success philosophy? Yeah, when it comes to performance, I... I'm a big believer in just simplicity, you know, simplicity scales. Mm -hmm. And what are the things we can eliminate? Because most of the shit we do, it's just busy work, you know, not productive. So what are the things 
that are going to move the needle. Like I like Gary Neller or Keller. I don't know his his Gary uh, Keller. Last yeah, I, name. yeah, yeah, yeah. His his book, The One Thing. Yeah, I read that, and that was just phenomenal. You know, like there's there's really one thing that's going to move the needle, and you know, set the dominoes uh, going forward. That's going to make everything else easier. And so, always asking myself, okay, what is the one thing I can do that's going to make everything easier? And just asking yourself that question throughout the day. It's like, okay, am I work? Is what I'm working on right now is that going to move the needle? Is that going to make everything else easier? Do I even need to do this? Because a lot of the time, we do not need to do what we're doing. We're just doing it to feel productive, or we're doing it to stay busy, or whatever, or pr procrastinate. Like that's the craziest thing. I will do tasks to procrastinate doing the stuff I don't <laughs> want to do, and I'm just catching myself doing that. So I think keeping things as simple as possible and minimalistic. I think that's really what moves the needle and get shit done but it's it can be challenging because you have all these different distractions all the time so just trying to eliminate as much as possible i love that i love that it kind of goes in line with my sort of theme for my whole life is do less dumb shit i, 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 <laughs> I need more of that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the goal really is is you know the there's a story i think i read it in one of uh, dr benjamin hardy's books might have been personality is permanent. i can't remember but he talks about uh, the British rowing team going for gold in some Olympics like 10 or 12 years ago and they had a statement that was does this make the boat go faster and that was their simplicity that was their one thing because their goal was uh, gold medal and that was their keystone goal but they had this like motivation statement attached to it and it was very simple does this make the boat go faster so when they'd finished training middle of December in a wet day and they're six months away from the Olympics, but they would go like, hey, should we go for a beer? And one of them would be like, does that make the boat go faster? And they'd be like, no, that doesn't, us having a beer right now isn't gonna make the boat go faster, you know, in six months time in the Olympics. So they wouldn't go out and have beers because they knew they were training for the Olympics. So that simplicity of, of, of idea. And I, that I really, when you said that, it resonated a lot with me because, uh, you know, Gary Keller as well, I've read that book, The One Thing and The Keystone Goal. So that's fantastic. It's a, it's a good way to, to run it. I'm sure you, you, with you being a ghostwriter and a very good writer as well, I have to say, I mean, you, you, you've kind of started a lot of trends on Twitter, the way that certain types of threads that you've written, uh, certain hooks that you've used. Is that something that, that you think about with your writing as well? Is this simplicity is it, of really keeping that message very simple? Yeah, that was, that's why I love Twitter. It's really improved my writing a ton because it forces you to cut words that are unnecessary because you have those limitations i mean now you can write for quite a while with a tweet but with the original 280 characters you're forced to look at your writing okay what can i remove and keep the same message it, it aligns with you know performance and productivity is like what can i remove but still get the same amount of work done you know uh so Twitter has been really monumental in improving my writing and how I even think too. I've noticed my, as I've gotten better with writing, I've gotten better with speaking. You know, I will pause and think and collect my thoughts a lot of the time and remove a lot of the clutter, the ums, the ands, and uhs, all that stuff, even though I still do it. But um, <laughs> see, um, <laughs> yeah. but just, uh, yeah, just removing unnecessary words, sentences, and trying to get across the same message fewest amount of words because the way I look at it at writing and reading is friction the more friction you add 
that fewer people are going to read yeah. because on Twitter, everyone's trying to capture attention. And if you make it hard for somebody to, you know, read something, you're adding friction. And the more friction you add, the fewer people are going to read. So I'm always thinking, okay, can I remove this? Can I say this in a different way? Can I just say this in a short amount of words? And that's really, I find that's one of the biggest things with, with Twitter and social media as a whole. Everyone's got short attention spans, so you got to really be on the ball with what you're saying and and how you say it. And that's the biggest thing I, I see with the people I train with writing is they're they're adding so much stuff that's unnecessary. It's like, okay, why why should the reader care? You know, like always asking that question. Why should the reader care? Like, does this move the boat forward or make make the boat go faster? You know, why should the reader care? Like that's the the equivalent. And when you have that question in mind, then it becomes clear what to add and what to remove. Yeah, I very much see that with your writing and with your, with your tweets. And where, where do you think this idea of simplicity came from? I, I mean, does it go back to maybe a hectic time in your past? Is it is it is there a, a, a certain experience that you've gone through where you feel like this removal of stuff or the simplicity it was born out of something that happened or where in the last five or ten years do you feel like that that could have really come from or even at any point in your life one thing i've noticed i went on a trip to asia when i was 19 and i was backpacking so i only brought one backpack and one small backpack and one thing i noticed when i was traveling is how how much more fun I had and how free I felt and how much better my experience was when I just had few things and it was very simple and minimalistic mm. and that was a philosophy I took like carried with me back home when I got back I got rid of a lot of stuff and I was very intentional with what I added to my life and that probably did translate to writing uh, but also with writing, it was just over time, I think as you get better, you you cut cut the fat in a sense. Or it's been a, a philosophy that's come up in many aspects of my life, like the gym and like getting getting fit. You know, the more simple I made the workout routines, the more likely I was to yeah. follow through. Same with nutrition. I think a lot of people overcomplicate nutrition. They, oh, I have to have this precise amount of carbs and nutrients and blah 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 now i just like okay hit my protein goals and don't go over my calorie goal and that's that's it as long as i'm prioritizing that's like the 80 20 yeah and i think a lot of people they don't stick to habits or they don't see success in things because they're they're majoring in the minors as people put it they're focusing on the, the shit that doesn't move the needle so just learning to prioritize um but yeah it's, it's something i never thought about that but yeah, it's something that's come up in many areas of my life, like the gym and business and travel. And it's something that's served me well in all assets. So it's probably subconsciously something I've I've picked up in all these different areas. And I'm also kind of lazy, too. So if I can just say something in <laughs> fewer amount of words, I'm like, yeah, well, sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm with you on that. I call it tactical laziness. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I picked that up working at, in corporate for, I'll not name them, but you'll know them, the large insurance company in British Columbia that run the motor insurance. And yeah, I know them. You know them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I used to hate being in 
five meetings in a week that covered the same thing. So I, I used to tell other managers around me, like I'm tactically lazy, can we just have one meeting? I, I wanna do less work. And I don't wanna come across as being lazy, I just don't wanna be in the same meeting five times. So me being lazy and not wanting to repeat things over and over again, made me kind of sound like efficient, but it, it wasn't born out of me wanting to be efficient. It was born out of me wanting to do less work and be in less meetings. So I know some people get this sort of like, they're very technical, they're very um, precise, and that that's how they then end up being efficient. I came at it from a completely different angle in my life. I was like, I don't like being in 20 hours of meetings a week. That's dumb shit to me. How can I be in five hours of meetings then? So it was, let's, let's go that direction. So that's good. With the simplicity thing, with the removal, because I, I have a brain tattoo that I repeat quite a lot with my clients, you know, to improve, you have to remove. So where in your life, if we go back for your struggles, where, where in, in life do you think that you've made the most removal of, of, of limiting beliefs, of, of bullshit, of, of whatever that is in your journey that, that, that's allowed you to to move forward? I mean, it's, it's the podcast about performance origins. So where would you put down that, where that came out from? What, what would you say was that sort of, origin story of Dakota. Yeah, I think uh, a big defining moment of my life was growing up without a father. Like he dipped when I was young because yeah. my mom gave him an ultimatum like, hey, you either raise your sons or you can F off. And he I don't blame him. Like he he didn't have a father growing up. He was scared and all that stuff and he was uh, an addict at the time, so he was faced with that ultimatum, and he was scared. So he, yeah, he's like, okay, I'm gonna dip out. And um, yeah, like growing up without a father, it really made me a mama's boy and really affectionate toward my mother because that's where I got a lot of my attention and love and all of that. And I adopted a lot of feminine traits because of that. I was very uh, timid, shy. I I, I didn't feel really in control or powerful or at all, at all uh, when I was young. And yeah, growing up, that affected me in many different ways. So I, I don't know what age, but I gained some weight and I was like chubby. And people like to point that out when you're young and make fun of you because those kids can be mean. cruel. And, yeah. yeah, exactly. And, um, I, you know, you hear, you hear something enough times, you hear it over and over and you start to adopt that identity, mm. especially early on as you're forming your own, your own identity and you look to others to kind of form that. So I was told I was, you know, a fat kid, chubby chunker, all of that loser or whatever. And I started to really adopt that identity and I did not like who I was. And I, I, I don't know, I just kind of coped with it with video games and eating double stuffed oreos is kind of bad a bad flywheel effect and i i just kind of felt like out of control in my life and i felt like i had this potential but i just felt completely just helpless like i just felt like i was some loser and it wasn't until the age of i think 12 i started going like i reached maximum pain point and I just like, fuck this, like I need to make a change. But 
I started going to YMCA boot camps with my mom's boyfriend at the time, and we would wake up before uh, school at like 5 a.m. and we'd go down to these these TRX like military band uh, boot camp classes at the YMCA. And we had this like, drill instructor sergeant um, leader, or I don't know, like class instructor. Uh, Jeff and he would just push us we'd play the heavy metal music and uh, there's like all these like people just getting after it um, and uh, I would work out till I threw up a lot of the times and I would just run to the bathroom throw up and then I'd go go back and just, like start working out again and it felt so good because yeah I was I was running away from the identity I had I was kind of just getting away from that and it felt so good after every workout you know it's like yeah I fucking did that that was hard work but it felt really good after. And over the course of a few months, I started to notice changes in my body. And I was like, holy shit, like this stuff works. You know, you you do something consistently over a period of time, even if it is a small change, it is so meaningful when you see yeah. that. And then it gets addicting, right? And you see that progress. And so where I would play video games before, I kind of turned my life a little bit into a video game where it's, you know, you're, you're grinding and then you level up a little bit and you're like, oh shit, I want to get to the next level. So that was huge for me. That was a big mindset shift for me early on. And I just kind of stuck with it uh, throughout the years. And I lost the the chubbiness and all that in grade nine, started getting more attention from girls. And then grade 10, I started, uh, I started lifting with my brother and I started getting muscles and all that. And I started getting more attention and all that. And it was, it was funny because grade 10, I was known as the Jack kid but I still felt like that fat kid on the inside, mm -hmm. you know, you change your external, but it's not until you do the internal work yeah. uh, that everything else starts to follow. And man, like I carried a lot of insecurity and a lot of just lack of self-worth with me mm. probably until like the age of 22, 23, like even, wow. even 24, man, like I'm 25 now, but, um, it wasn't until I started stacking wins in these different areas that yeah. I was like, okay, you know, like I'm building up this, uh, Alex Hermosi is like, build up this stack of undeniable wins or proof that you are the person, you know, you are this person. And it's, it was, it took years, man. Like uh, first, like social skills, like stop being so awkward. And then also the, the fitness, like getting really fit and then being successful with, writing and twitter and then being successful with business and all of that it wasn't until i started stacking all these wins in different areas and just kind of giving myself credit allowing myself to like feel these victories and give myself credit for this shit uh, that i started to really just kind of build that that resume for myself and look at like look at myself and you know what like when these feelings of insecurity or shyness or whatever come out it's like fuck that like look at all the the thing times in your life where you have actually achieved uh, these these things like you know what you fucking did that like yeah. that was remarkable yeah. um and just kind of allowing yourself to feel that and i i think like this latest endeavor with psychedelics i did ayahuasca like you know, two months ago or a month nice. ago nice now that really was i dealt with a lot of shit you know just kind of allowing myself to feel a lot of shit i felt during childhood and feeling alone like growing up with a, with a father and and uh just kind of healing a lot of shit and coming full circle uh, it was very powerful for me, but I found I found like this year I really found my stride with a lot of stuff, and I'm I'm really happy I went through all those challenges, you know, feeling like a loser, not not liking myself, and and struggling as a man, you know, kind of finding my masculinity and 
and all of this stuff because I have overcame all of that. It still comes up sometimes, but I feel like for the most part, I've overcame a lot of it. And now I get to help people that used to be in that position. And even though that's not my business, but <laughs> creating content around that is very meaningful to me yeah. because it's kind of like I'm speaking to my younger self and it's really cool because I can be that person that I wish I had growing up, you know? So mm. it's been cool. It's been like the hero's journey. I think that's the cool thing about struggle is it gives you that story and it allows you to help other people where otherwise, you know, if I had just a cushy life and all that, I wouldn't be able to help the the other people that have struggled. So I like to look at it as I'm paving the way or I have paved the way for other people to follow. And it's a gift in a sense, you know, like everyone has their struggles. You had your struggles. People listening to this have had their struggles. And when you view it as a gift and as, as kind of like you're on the hero's journey and you had to go through that to help other people, it's, it's kind of a beautiful thing. So yeah, it's, oh, yeah. it's sort of a tangent. <laughs> So no, I loved it. There's so many. I was quickly writing down different things I want to go back to. I want to talk about the ayahuasca. 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 It's a hard one. Ayahuasca. I want to go back and talk about that. Uh, it, but there's a few things that I want to tap on. Hero's journey as well. I definitely want to get into that. But the the insecurities and stuff. The the dealing with the external first and then the internal. You know, just to add on my own little experience with that. When I first jumped in on Twitter, well, 2020, during the start of the pandemic, and I was around, kind of around you in a sense, 2021, maybe back into 2020, but I was around Dan Coe, J.K. Molina, uh, David Mendez was, was, was cooking at that point uh, on Twitter, and Art of Purpose, Save Your Sons, other people who I was lucky enough to know. But it's so funny, because I had like, what, at that point, maybe 10 or 15 years of leadership experience in the corporate world and sales environments. And here I was in this new environment and I actually went through a period of major self-doubt because I was going away from this sort of like, you give me a team of 20 people in a corporate environment, I know where to go. I, I know how to take them to a result. But like growing a Twitter uh, platform, you know, uh, a Twitter brand, uh, getting people to sign up to a calendar to link to jump on a call with me. I was pretty good at closing them once I did because I've got the experience face to face. But it was really strange when I was seeing, for me, seeing young guns like yourself just like take to it like a duck to water. And I was like, wow, this is so difficult. Uh, going through my own sort of like the internal sort of self-doubt that I had about my own skills. Because if I go back to my past, I mean, I'm, I'm a D CD student. And if you were to tell my 25-year-old self, like I'm in my early 40s now, but if you were to sit down with my 25-year-old self and be like, hey, by the way, you're going to make a living, and a good living at that, from writing, he would have laughed and fallen off his seat, uh, saying that you're full of shit. So it's it's like this, this um, we all, uh, the reason why I picked, picked, up, picked, picked up on that is like it's coming back to all of us have these, the, these insecurities that we, that we think we've gone past but then we can go 10 years past them in our lives, get very successful at something, but then come back to do something different with ourselves. We're like, oh shit, this stuff's still here. That that, that stuff has not been dealt with. And the, the thread that I wanna pull on is, you said something about Hermosi and the wind stacking. And that is a concept, there's a very similar concept by a guy called Dan Sullivan, where it's the gap in the gain. I don't know if you've ever come across this. No. And he explains that most of us are, live our lives in the wrong gap. 
So we, we live our lives in a negative gap between who we think we should be and who, where we are today. So we're constantly chasing something. And we should be living our lives in the gain, looking back at what we've done the last six months, year, or five years, or even in our whole life, and then looking at the gain and the progress that we've made. But yet most people wake up each day and they're in this gap of, well, look at this person, look at that person, or they're at a gap to be like, well, I want to have a big job and I want to have a big car. And then they, they beat themselves up because they're not there yet because they feel like they should be. Where you've learned that kind of, did you, did you learn that because Alex Ramosi inserted that idea into you? Or did you learn that because of the process that you went through with the weight loss and the, and the, the exercising? Was it something that was already inherently within you? And then something like someone like Alex Ramosi came along and I gave you words to it. Um, or, or is it something that you're really starting to, to, to land on recently because of the, the process that you're going through? Yeah, I actually got it from a book called The Six Pillars of Self-Esteem because okay. I used to struggle with social anxiety and I would read books try to, to try to solve it. And there was a line in it, I don't remember it verbatim, but he talked about like, your thoughts are not your feelings essentially. Mm-hmm. Or your thoughts are not your identity and just reading that 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 line really impacted me because it got me thinking it's like yes i have these feelings of social anxiety and i am identifying with these feelings but the moment i realized i switched it that these are just feelings and these are not my identity mm-hmm. they're just feelings it loses power over you mm-hmm. you know you start yeah. to challenge these these beliefs that you are socially anxious and you can say hey wait a fucking minute like i am socially anxious no i'm not i'm experiencing feeling but that does not mean i am you know when you start to identify i am depressed i am socially anxious i am x that's when you're kind of you're screwed because you're like oh well identity is fixed or whatever but the moment you can start separating your identity from that feeling it's when you gain more power of yourself and then you can even flip the script on it be like okay well what are some times where i was confident and you recall the moment where you might have asked for that girl's number or you started conversations at the the grocery store with the cashier and maybe you walked up to that old man in the mall and started a conversation you know stuff like that or you stack these small wins and just counteract it so that that was like the start of that and then I think it was a few years later where I heard Hormozzi say that. I was like, oh, yeah, uh, that's 100% true. Uh, but it's also just kind of reminding yourself that throughout all the, the years, you know, like you can hear something once and you say, okay, yeah. But then you just got to you gotta remind yourself over and over. Like it's a constant lesson with many things. Yeah. But, yeah, Hormo- I love Hormozzi's, like his mindset stuff. I, that's my favorite stuff he talks about because it all translates to – everything you know like i i went through this performance program from my performance coach leon and the first thing he talks about you know is is shifting your identity because you know if you identify or you see yourself as an athlete you're just automatically going to be more prone to making decisions than an athlete would make like i train every day i eat my fucking 200 grams of protein you know i do x because i am an athlete yeah you know or you you know if if you identify as a non-smoker you're not going to smoke cigarettes right yeah but if you're saying oh i'm a smoker like you know whatever like you know you're just going to be more prone to that stuff 
So the, if you can shift your identity, everything else is going to follow. And I think it's a very important thing that many people need to go through. Your coach is 100% right. It's, it's exactly what I do with my clients as well. It's I, I don't get as as blunt as saying you got to shift your identity, but it, it's it's like creating that defined what what your definition of success. And if your de- definition of success is you, you're a successful business owner, you should identify as a successful business owner. It's it, it you know you're not going to uh, create a a future ultimate scenario for yourself where you're running a business, but you don't have a business, you know, it's, it, it there, there's no alignment there. So I very much agree with that, with that statement from your coach. And he's right. I think from my experience as well, I identify as a coach and a business owner. I'm one of my biggest mental shifts this year, which I thought and it's kind of stupid is I now identify as a writer and a marketer first, because I've done it the wrong way around. I'm like, I'm a coach, uh, uh who, attracts clients and I use marketing to attract clients. But I've actually realized in the last six months that my business has done more than I've done in the six or a year months before. But that's because I, I personally believe it's because I've put the storyteller and marketer as the first identity block. And then everything I then and because of those, that, that skill set, I get to do the coaching. I get to do that stuff. So it, it, you're 100% right. It's a very, uh, well, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it, it's it's the it's uh, the the right way to do things is, is pick the identity and and um, shape your actions from that identity. Uh, it it blows my mind still that I hear stats like Harvard say that ninety five percent of people don't have gold. So ninety five percent of people aren't even picking an identity. Yeah. Uh, and then you look at the world around you and you're like, Man, I kind of get that. Kind of you can you, you can kind of see it. <laughs> Kind of see, yeah it's yeah. like not having a map you know like how are you gonna get somewhere if you don't have a map you know it's you I mean you could potentially get to your destination but it's a lot easier when you have some kind of direction yeah and you get that feedback oh i'm going in the wrong direction so that's the correct course yeah no 100 it's like that old stoic quote uh, a ship of no port no wind is favorable or, or whatever so even 2000 plus years ago those guys were writing platitudes about uh, yeah. picking <laughs> bangers, bro. Bang, bangers, bangers on Twitter. On Twitter. <laughs> uh, that's great. I wonder how many followers Marcus really was have if he was around oh, today. Yeah, he'd be killing it, bro. Be killing it, man. <laughs> Selling a little mindset PDF below it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the, the sort of question I want to uh, get onto now. I just I just want to generally ask because we've talked a little bit about your struggles and your journey. I think that. Uh, people are sort of well documented about you. you've talked about not having a father and th- th- you've talked about your, your struggles that your, your mom had as well. Um, you can talk about that if you want quickly. But the main question I want to get onto is like, when you look back at your life, what is the big success that you think was the, the domino effect for you that when you look back and be like, fuck that, that was the, that was the thing. That was the the moment that that that, that they kicked me forward. I'll share mine quickly. I, I jumped on a plane yeah. in two thousand nine and came to Vancouver. My life from that decision is literally a dramatic, like day and night, like uh, completely different. That decision was the most important decision I made in my life because of who I am, where I am standing today. Wife, dog, Burnaby, where I'm living, job, business. I'll not get too deep into it. It's not my podcast. Uh, well, it is. I'm interviewing you. <laughs> but uh, is there a is there a success, a moment in your life that you think that you can kind of uh, go back to and be like, yeah, that that was a big domino. I think it, 
big one for me was it was overcoming my my weight loss or overcoming my weight journey that was huge for me because that that started the domino you know that showed me hey like you can you put on all this effort and this hard work and you can get this result like you, it, it put control back into my life where it's like hey you can fucking do this like you know this you you put in this effort and you you can take control like you have control of your life what else can this translate to and it was business it was twitter it was x y and z uh and that was that was really meaningful for me but i think honestly like the biggest win for me was just kind of kind of looking at where I started uh, where I'm at now and I don't give myself enough credit for for what I've done and like with the the struggles I've overcome and I'm just really proud of myself you know like that was a big thing when I was on ayahuasca was I really acknowledge like what I've done and and I felt like I was talking to that younger kid you know the kid that was scared yeah. and felt helpless growing up and I remember it was just me and that kid. And it was like a feeling. And I just acknowledged all that pain I felt growing up. And I I just kind of took the lead. I'm like, hey, I got it from here, man. Like, you don't got to be scared anymore. So I'm taking over. And you can, you know, you can just relax. And just kind of, it was a really trans transformational moment for me where it felt like I wasn't, I wasn't doing things. Felt like a shift from life from doing things for validation or doing things because I was scared or of not being liked or whatever, and kind of taking the role of being a leader and accepting, hey, you are good enough, you know. Yeah. Like you feel actually feeling that, recognizing that, and recognizing that now I am going to be the person that helps other people that are in the same position even though again i'm not starting a business around it but crafting my content around that and recognizing that a lot of men today they don't have people to look up to mm -hmm. like i i look at the, the the quote unquote leaders politicians and shit like that and just or like any celebrities and shit and there's there's few people where if I had a son, I wouldn't want them looking up to that. So kind of recognizing that our generation has to pick up the slack for a shitty job for quite frankly, of like what past generations have done. Um, and just kind of showing men how to integrate different things in their lives. And mind you, I'm not perfect, but I can, I can talk about the lessons I've learned and, and the lessons I've integrated into my life. And again like the struggles i went through i'm so grateful for it because i can i can help other people and show them hey like this is my experience and this is what i've learned and yeah. maybe don't fucking do that or maybe try this and uh i think just overall just all the struggles i've, I've faced i'm just really really grateful and I'm, I'm grateful i have this audience where i can talk to young men and even women but I mean, I know men better than women. <laughs> I'm not gonna <laughs> pretend like I'm a. I, I can understand women, but um, just, just I feel really fortunate to go through all these challenges and to have this platform I do now, and to be able to talk to, to people that might be in the position I was a few years ago. I'm that's really so, grateful. That's beautiful, man. I love that. I think I think struggles transcend gender. I think in general. I think mm -hmm. I think there's a yes, we are different. 
men and women are significantly different, but I think the general idea of a struggle, I think, is is universal. And I think, you know, we've all we've all got them. Uh, and I, you know, I partied for my, when I was your age. I was still reaching for the lasers in dirty, <laughs> dirty nightclubs in 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 Europe and in, in England. It wasn't until the back end of my twenties that I was like, "Oh shit, life was actually there's a whole bunch of shit that you need to actually do in life." And I and I beat that kid up for such a long time. That guy from the age of like nineteen, twenty, maybe twenty one, I really got into it, and then by twenty eight, twenty nine, I stopped doing it. And but I, honestly, up until like last year, last summer, I was beating that guy up. I was like, "Oh, you that fucking idiot! You fucking idiot! Why'd you do that? Why'd you waste ten years of your life?" And similar experience. I didn't go off and do a, 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 a you know a, a trip with a what do you call him a shaman? Was shaman. It a, yeah. Shaman. Did you do it with a couple of other people, or was it just one on one with the shaman? No, it was yeah. There's a shaman and then a few assisting members, and then twelve participants in the ceremony. Cool, cool. We'll touch back into that. But I I yeah. realized, and I'm I'm in my forties, and I realized this. So I, you know, again, we're all di- different struggles. I I was like, oh shit! I've been holding this like negative energy towards certain part of me, but that that kid was doing the only thing that he thought was the right thing at the time. Like he he a hundred percent thought that was the right thing to do at that time. So why the fuck would I, as an as a more evolved, more actualized person, go and have uh, negative words with that young guy? Like, can you imagine that in real life? If you met a young guy who isn't as uh, actualized, you you wouldn't yell at them. You you'd have a conversation. You sit down. You meet them where they are, and, and you'd put your arm around them and they're like, "Hey, this is the situation. This is where you can go." So when you said that you were talking to this younger version of yourself, and you were saying you were taking over, and you were like, "Hey, the Chad Ryder, the the good looking Chad guy, is now taking over, taking control of the wheel here." <laughs> When I heard you say that, I was like, that's, that's phenomenal. I think that's it's a great conversation and a mental experience to go through. And now was that the reason why I want to touch on this is because I, I the, 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 the process, the shaman, the, the psychedelics, the, the whole process with that is something that, that, that I'm interested in, in a, in a sense. There's, there's things that you can do not so much uh, on, a, on a big scale as going to a shaman, but there is other things that you can do to have those kinds of experiences. So when you were in that ceremony, was there a series of questions that led you to that? Or was this just a, a floating vibe and, a, and an emotion that you knew that you had to go and ha- uh, sort out? You know, what, what was the process that actually got you into that mental state where you were saying to that younger version of yourself, hey, love you, you don't need to worry anymore, I got this. Yeah, so what was really different about ayahuasca compared to other psychedelics i've done is how much more structured it is and how much more intentional it is because i've done lsd and mushrooms and smoked weed before but going into this this was way more intentional because it did have a structure to it it was a retreat and it was they refer to it as medicine they, they don't ever call it a drug or anything like a psychoactive. They call it medicine. And it, it is legit like medicine because you are healing so much shit. You're confronting your traumas. You're confronting what's going on when you're not consciously thinking. Mm-hmm. And 
what they did um, before we took the medicine was they they asked you to state a few pillars, you know, just a few words of what you want to work on or what your intention is. And they ask you at every ceremony. So there's three within the week, the one I went to. And I forget what mine were like for each one, but I know like leadership came up, confidence and um, love and like different stuff like that. And it was crazy. It was legit crazy because each night I stated my intention was the trip followed that. Like it was crazy. I didn't, I didn't ask myself questions or any stuff like that other than state my intentions. And I just, I just went with the trip, you know, just flowing with it. And it just naturally just came to mind. And I, I cried a lot, but it was, it was feelings. It was, it was tears of just relief. You like just feeling I, I went, I started going to therapy in November of last year. And one of the things that came up for, uh, my therapist he told me he's like you need to feel that inner child you know you need to actually like, feel those emotions you felt as a child and i t- asked him like how the fuck do you do that because I, I like to think i'm a, a logical person like give me the just tell me the the roadmap to do it and i will do it but he's, yeah. you just you just got to feel it i'm like how the fuck do you do that um and I, I couldn't figure it out and then on ayahuasca it just naturally happened and it just felt so good you know just to acknowledge that that part of me and and just feeling and i think that's something a lot of men struggle with yeah and just to ignore i feel like i'm very self-aware and and in tune with myself but just like just trying to feel those emotions as a kid i just couldn't figure it out and yeah on ayahuasca it was amazing because it was just natural and um yes we i just went with the flow and it, it just i don't know if there's like some kind of spiritual force or what's going on but it just i felt what i needed to feel and it was really gentle to, toward me you know the whole trip each trip i did it was just very smooth and i just felt great and yeah but like other people they were going through some rough times i could <laughs> i could tell like my one buddy taylor he's putting a bucket on his head um other women were screaming and it was just some crazy shit i was just laughing a lot of the time crying but it was it was great um it's yeah it, i think the main thing was you know going in with intention and yeah. you know it's kind of again parallel to performance like what's your intention yeah are you just going in, just looking to stay busy? Or are you looking to actually have this goal finished by this time and actually get shit done? So intention, yeah. you know, it's like the winds to your sailboat or something. I guess the, that's analogy or metaphor or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and just like, you know, bring that intention to your everyday life. And then not even just during the ceremony, but after. Like, hey, what's the intention here? What's your intention with what you just learned? Yeah. Are you going to apply it? And that was a big thing. It's called the integration. And then yeah. you have this period where, you know, your your brain is plastic. And it's like, are you going to take action on the, the shit you learned? So what I did after my ceremony, I called all the people that were close to me that I thought of. And I had a deep conversation with them. And, and I told them about my experience. And I told them um, how I could be a better brother or or um, like a stepson or, or whatever. And how I... You know, I, I, I feel toward them and, and having that deeper conversation and also like looking at, OK, what am I doing in my life right now with my business and what's my intention? OK, let's course correct. 
I, I dropped some clients because it just wasn't aligned with where I wanted to go. And just kind of, you don't need to take drugs to do it. I mean, it can be helpful just to kind of get an outside perspective, but carrying that intention with you yes. throughout your day, weeks, months, whatever, and just, okay, where am I going? And am I aligned with that? It's, it's my intention aligned with that. It's powerful. Yeah. It's going back to simplicity. It's like having that that, that, yes. that simplicity yes. around things. I, I have a word for this year, uh, standards. It's just it's just been my my intention for this year, and I my integrity gap in certain areas of my life is actually wider than I want it to be. You know the, who I want to who I am and who I actually want to be, and I, I see that as my standards. And when it comes to my content, my writing, I feel like I'm I'm in line with that. But when it comes to maybe fitness, uh, I'm a fairly fit guy, but. If I'm not playing soccer, if I get injured, do I go to the swimming? Do I go to the gym instead? Do I substitute with lower impact? No, I, I, I just don't go to soccer until my knee's better. And then I feel that integrity gap of my standards is, 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 a, bit, is a bit wide. So it, it, the, that, when you have that intention, it, it drives your actions. It, it really, really, really does. And every quarter I try to pick at least I have my main word for the year obviously is standards but for this quarter um well sorry I haven't actually picked one for this quarter yet because I just finished my last quarter and my, and my intention for this for last quarter was uh, as simply the word cohort and I, my goal for the last quarter was to really I don't care what it looked like but it was just get that product out and get a group call going uh did I make a lot of mistakes with it sure could I have done that much better 100 percent but did I get it out? Is it now behind me as a success, as a as a something that I've actually done? I can say, yes, I've launched a product with a cohort and done weekly calls. Yes. And I think that's where a lot of people fail uh, is that they get stuck not getting by the actual releasing of the shit and getting it out there. Uh, but I think intention really helps you get shit across the, uh, the finish line. Uh, it, well, it definitely has in my life, uh, for sure. So dude. Sure. Yeah. So you you've been absolutely killing it uh, on Twitter. Um, you know, you're also a massive pineapple and ham uh, <laughs> pizza lover, which I am as well. Which I don't understand why people <laughs> yes, don't like it. There we go. I'm a big fan. Culture. <laughs> it's, it's 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 good shit. I think it's a it's a good pizza. <laughs> I don't know what the problem is. Uh, <laughs> uh, the 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 comedy side. Uh, the sort of I, I don't know you're almost a shit post but you shit post in such oh, a yeah. great way um where where is that side of you come from I mean because you know, I, I being <laughs> Irish uh we we a lot of our comedy are self so it's not self-deprecating but we poke fun at ourselves but in, a, in almost in a positive way I wouldn't say it's self-deprecating it is a little bit but it's not mm. you're not being mean to ourselves but we're we take yeah. ourselves we don't take ourselves seriously uh yeah. But you don't take yourself seriously at all. You're just like you're taking it. I've seen you online, like just taking the piss um, yeah. uh, a lot. Where does that come from? Is that was that a defense comes, mechanism, or where, where, where does that comedy come from? It comes from my mom. Um, my mom was fucking hilarious. She was fucking crazy. I loved it. Um, also, yeah, I think some of it was a defense mechanism because I was a, a chubby kid growing up, and you know, when you're not the good-looking Chad, you gotta find other ways to to get get by you know so i became funny um but no it was definitely for my mom my mom was fucking wild like the shit she would say and like actually like fucking like crazy but funny as fuck like funny crazy not crazy crazy but like well a little bit but you know yeah. just kind of 
just out there and I, I adopted a lot of that because my mom was the main one around growing up and the person I, I looked up to and I adopted a lot of stuff from my mom you know a lot of my values I have today are from my mom uh, probably the reason I'm an entrepreneur is because of my mom dude she told me at a young age like age seven she I remember like sitting me down one day and she looked at me like Dakota don't you fucking work for somebody else you start your own business and like that's legit how she would talk to me like I was like a yeah. fucking she she had a certain standard for me she like don't lie cheat or steal and yeah you, you like when you grow older start your own business and don't work for somebody else because you know like you, you have all these limitations when you're an employer or sorry employee and you, there's so much more like room for growth when you are the one running the business and I'm so grateful for that woman. Like she was such an amazing woman. She had such a huge heart, like almost too big of a heart. And fuck, like I, I really admire her. I look up to her a lot and I, I'm really proud to call myself her son. Like she was an amazing person. Um, but yeah, she was fucking crazy with her humor, <laughs> like did the wildest shit, bro. Um, and I, I adopted that and I, I'm glad I did because I think it really it makes life more fun man you know when you don't take yourself yeah. too seriously it's definitely off-putting to the more corporate types i don't give a fuck i think it's funny as hell to ship post and swear and, <laughs> you know there's definitely a limit in time and place and i can switch it on and off but i think it makes life more fun and you know all these people are acting so serious it's like come on like we're all yeah. humans we're not we're not going to make it out of this alive we're all going to die let's have some fun along the way let's, let's, of course let's get shit done but um yeah, I owe a lot of a lot of stuff in my life to my mom, and I'm grateful for her. Beautiful. That's, that's awesome, man. I love that. I love that being sat down and told, you know, start a business. You've got more control of your life. That, that, yeah. that, that, that's beautiful. It, re it really is. Because I, I, it's so funny about being a bit more loose. I mean, I, I, I've talked about this already. I, mean, I, I talk about dumb shit a lot, and it's even on my banner. Do Life is easier when you do less dumb shit. And I've actually had people say... Oh, I, 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 you know, I, I like your stuff, but I don't like supporting you or commenting because you, 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 you swear too much. And I was just like, what the, f I, I, you can't just say what the fuck. fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, and I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, well, I guess we're not going to be compatible to work together. Or okay. I, I guess what's the point? Because, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I, I know someone once told me, I don't know where I learned this, but marketing is, is just as much, just as much about pushing people away as it is about bringing people into you. And if someone can't take me writing SH star T on mm. a Twitter <laughs> timeline, not even the full fucking word, Bro. I'm not, we're not, we're not destined to, to, um, you know, to be, to, to connect or, or, or work yeah. together. I just think it's funny. There is, you're right. There's a lot of, um, MBA speak as I, as uh, yeah. I've heard it put uh, too much of it in, in my opinion a lot of fluff especially on LinkedIn yeah. uh, oh dude this... yeah LinkedIn's horrible let's connect let's get you be there and I be there so... <laughs> god are you human god damn what the fuck bro <laughs> a bunch of potato NPCs man that's, that's, I get so many of those on. Uh, and well, I mean, they're a little bit better than some of the Twitter DMs. You're like, I, I noticed you've got yeah, a following. Have you thought about a newsletter? <laughs> Are you interested in short form content? <laughs> Gee, a ghostwriter? It's, it's, it's hilarious. Oh, man, the DMs are hilarious. So, what, what, you know, oh, that's great. My name is maybe I'm nearly crying. Um, 
That's fucking hilarious. But the, the uh, where 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 is the, like, Dakota going? You know, where you, the, mm-hmm. a little, honestly, man, at the age you are twenty five. I mean, I'm really excited for you. I'm like, also there's other people on our network. I'm like excited for like Dan Coe and other people. JK. I mean, just like the, the the sky is the limit to you guys. I I I think I said that on a side. I said that Dan Coe once he's going to become a household name. Uh, and I know yeah. you guys are friendly. You all lived together in what was it, uh, Texas last year? Or was yeah, it last, last summer? Year, yeah. Last summer, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A little bit of a, yeah. a, a fun time. Uh, a fun time indeed. But were you, you got? You're such a young man, but you're you've got such a so much experience. You've been, you've done, you've lived a lifetime in 25 <laughs> years, in my opinion. Um, yeah. The post the other did the other day, but you're working in the oil fields and, and, and choosing a job where you were the ambulance guy where you got to do no work all day, but you, you studied. I was like, fuck, that's, that's wisdom. That's wisdom. Where you're just sitting learning. Laziness. It's good shit, man. It's good shit. But like, you've had phenomenal results for your ghostwriting business. Like crazy numbers, like ridiculous numbers, you know, doing 20, 30, 40, 50 K plus even, I think you've had a hundred K month at one point. Um, if yeah. I'm right. Uh, which is amazing and, and absolute congrats to you for that. Where, where, if I could give you a realistic with magic wand, where are you taking things? Six months, 12 months, 18 months. Where, where do you see Dakota? Cause I, I, I'm already thinking that you've got a, a pivot coming up cause you've talked about being a, um, almost like a, a leader of some type of a performance of person to helping younger guys. And I, and when you're talking like that and I can hear you speaking like that, I'm like, mm, that could be a future for you. So what, 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 yeah. Well, that's just my that's just my opinion. Looking at what mm-hmm. you're experiencing, where you're going, and what you're talking about on this podcast so far. But where where do you see yourself? You know, what what is your intention in the next sort of yeah. little bit? So I look at Chris Doe and what he's built with the future, and I love that because he's he's democratizing education. You know, he's making yeah. it accessible to everybody. Yeah, and that's what I want to do with my brand. Like I I believe education. Like my highest value is uh, highest value is freedom freedom to do what you want and go where you want and yeah. live how you want as long as you're not imposing yourself upon others but i believe the best way to do that is through self-education and i believe there are some pillars you know like i, I look at it kind of as like you're planting roots yeah. so the, i think the core skills you need to learn in my opinion some of the best ones is like social media uh, growth, like learning how to grow your own personal brand, writing, and marketing, and then you stack these skills on top of that, yeah, like sales or maybe some web design or whatever, and then you can grow like sky's the limits. But as yeah. long as you have those roots, like you're set. And what I want to do is teach people those skills through my content and and the experiences and lessons I've learned, and kind of democratize education and make it accessible to everyone for free but also okay do you want help with this do you want you know to hop on calls with me do you want whatever and i will charge money for that and help them implement things and all of that or get more specialized treatment and charge money for that um but basically get them a shit ton of results with the free content oh dakota knows this stuff i want to hire him to help me with xyz boom uh either course or coaching whatever mm-hmm. um but also more of a, like a passion of mine is talking about self-improvement stuff and i don't plan on monetizing it 
you know, just kind of just talking about, you know, like masculinity, like what are the things yeah. I've learned or, or with confidence or mindset stuff. I really enjoy talking about that. And I want to do that with YouTube. Like YouTube's the next frontier for me for the next. Nice. Uh, I want to get that going really soon. So uh, I want to do that through YouTube and just kind of just keep growing my brand, you know, and keep teaching people the skill of writing, audience building, and also sneak in the self-improvement stuff um, with that. And just honestly just increase people's bank accounts, their self-worth, all that stuff. And I don't know, you make money along the way. So um, yeah, just build this big education brand and then just impact people in other ways in their life. Um, just have everybody win. I think that's really cool. I think that's the recipe for success and fulfillment. I love it. I love it. I, I really, I think you'll, you'll, you'll do it hundred percent. You'll do it. I think it's, it's great. I've already seen it in your, in your content and, and what you've done so far. I think it's, it's amazing what you, what you've done. The, the, just uh, phenomenal with the growth phenomenal uh some of the results that, you, that you're getting in your 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 uh, ghostwriting cohort as well so congrats on all that it really it really is impressive to to see it i i, I genuinely love seeing other people win because i i have a deep belief that if you're seeing people who you're you're, you're even if you're not that connected to them but they're they're within your universe and i and someone like you is in my universe like we're, we're a dm away we're, we're, we we know similar people when i see someone like that winning I always feel like I'm in the right room, like because other people in this room are winning. It's like going fishing, where I'm in the same lake. I might not have caught a massive fish yet, but there's massive fish in this lake because the other guys who know how to catch big fish are in this lake as well. And I, I have a deep belief. So when I see people winning on, on the same platforms that I'm doing, it's 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 it, for me it's the right signal. Like this is the the, the place to be. So c congrats on that, man. Congrats on that. And I wish you all the best uh, going forward with your stuff. If I could throw a little curveball angle question in there, what do you yeah. think is actually slowing you down, standing in your way, or stopping you from just like flying forward with that current, that big vision that you just shared with me? What, what, what do you think is the thing that you're like, oh, I need to, I need to, I need to drop that dumb shit, or I need to remove that eighty percent of bullshit from my life? What, what, what's slowing you down? Yeah, really. I'm working in my business a lot, you know, working on things where it's not my strength. And that's something I'm working on right now, like delegating. Um, so, you know, like I'm, I, I'm decent at business, but I'm more of a creator. I find like, I, I enjoy creating a lot more than doing operations and stuff like that. So I mm -hmm. actually recently hired my friend Abdul, um, to come in and help me with the, you know, managing the operations and the, the marketing and the sales side of stuff. Because I can do it, but I just, I find, you know, it's better to play to your strengths, in my opinion. Like, just go hard on that. And if you delegate something, you delegate it. Even if you have to pay a decent amount of money, it's, it's worth it. Because, you know, if you can grow so much faster and that compounds over time, well, it's, who gives a shit about paying some money or giving up some equity um, in the short term? Because you're just going to grow so much more. You get a, a bigger pie, you know? Like, yeah. the pie is increased. A, opposed to like giving a bigger slice so um yeah and really like really just prioritizing my stuff because i have this tendency to people please and there's some people in my life where i was like oh like respond to messages or oh go out to this event or do x y and z where it doesn't serve me or i don't feel like doing it mm -hmm. and i find 
that's the, one of the biggest things. As you grow bigger and bigger, you get more opportunities and there's more shiny objects and yeah. there's more people hitting you up and all of that stuff. And you really got to learn to prioritize yourself and not feel bad about it. That's yeah. a big thing. Not feel bad about it because everyone wants something from you. You know, when you get bigger and bigger, like, hey, can you do this? Hey, can I get a shout out? Can I get blah, 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 blah. And it's just really learning, okay, be selfish with your time. It's okay. Like it's, it's, it's okay to prioritize yourself and, and focus on you and what serves you. And also like, I do got to mature in some ways. Like I, I do have the, you know, that Chad kid that comes out sometimes and <laughs> makes dumb choices, but that's, I mean, that's okay. I'm so 25 and recognize, recognize that. But, um, I, I still feel like I'm, I haven't even like reached like near my potential and just learning to focus more and, and say no to more stuff and, and just kind of trusting myself more and leaning into, into that trust. Like, Hey, you've done all this shit and I think you know where to go. And I think you just need to stop looking at what other people think you should do and just trust yourself and focus on that. And I'm, I'm, I'm learning to do that a lot more. So, um, those are those are a few of the things. Yeah, yeah. And where where do you think that some of the? Um, I mean, you're 25, so I'm not going to get too deep into you doing dumb shit because that's just part of growing up. It, it's yeah, yeah. You know, especially if someone you're at your age who gets the opportunity <laughs> and, and the money that you have available, you can you can do shit. Some people don't even get a lifetime to do. But yeah. with, with the other stuff slowing you down, the, the people pleasing or or maybe. Uh, over committing yourself like we're is that is that just a, a lack of intention or or does that come from you know an experience or or does it come from maybe you know something from previous in your past where you're like you're trying to like please people where do you think that it what do you think that is i i have a lot of empathy for people and so when someone asks for help um i want to help them or someone and like i've had friends or, or people I've, I've seen like women where it's like they would get upset if I'm working on my business and they would kind of be like oh like you would kind of make me feel bad and like oh okay like kind of give it up or or just like just not put the time to myself and just like just because I don't want other people to feel bad and just recognizing no it's not my fucking problem I'm so, like, I, like to a certain degree, like, you know, it's, it's not my fault. You feel yeah. bad because I won't hang out with you because I want to work on my business because yeah. I have actual goals and also like just kind of learning to align myself with people that are actually going like have the intentions I have or have the yeah. goals I have, or they want to move forward in some, some way. I think that's one of the biggest things that holds people back is they're hanging around people that aren't aligned it doesn't mean you're a bad person or they're a bad person you guys just aren't aligned anymore on where you guys want to go and um i found i found myself making that mistake multiple times yeah with friendships or or women that i've been seeing um we're just not aligned and that's okay there's nothing wrong with that yeah um, but i need to find people in my life that are matching my intention where i want to go and that won't make me feel bad for pursuing my goals or, or realizing, Hey, like maybe I got to put my head down for a few weeks and focus on, on all this stuff. Um, and just not made to feel bad. Yeah, I think a lot of people, they just don't got stuff going on in their life and that's fine. Um, and they put their happiness into other people, things outside yeah. of themselves or whatever they got going on. 
I place a lot of my happiness in what I'm building and like internal things yes. that, like I have control of. And I think that can come across as bad to some people or kind of offensive in some ways when I don't care if we hang out or not, you know, it's, it's kind of like, yeah, whatever. Like I, I got shit to do. Like, no, I'm not a cold, I'm not a cold robot. Just going to say, but like, there's just, they come when it comes to certain people in my life that aren't aligned. It's like, I'm, tendency to not care as much yeah no i i get that i get that i mean i I definitely traveled through different friend groups and i I don't speak to people as much and because of the direction i went into i mean 10 years ago i was i probably would have been at some festival right now in in (laughs) some forest somewhere probably shambhala or base coast (laughs) you 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 know people outside british columbia won't know those names but yeah uh you'll you'll know those but i I, that that's where i was and a lot of my original friends in vancouver were those types of people and i I don't i don't see them as much anymore or at all uh and it's because we're not aligned it's 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 yeah i don't see it as work that's the really weird thing i've had this conversation with my wife Mm -hmm. and some other people it's like oh you're always working i'm like i'm I'm not like i i don't it's 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 weird it's like i'm not working because i don't really see Sometimes when I'm writing my newsletter or I'm doing a podcast, like this is work technically. This isn't fucking work. This is me having a conversation with somebody and it's a lot of fun getting to peel back the layers of Dakota and I, I get to learn something. Hopefully you get to learn something and it's like a, it's a mutual uh, learning experience that I then get to use as content. Uh, I don't see that as work. I mean, that's just how I, how I view a lot of the stuff that I do. Um, but and I spend I I work every day technically because I'm on Twitter every day, but I but again it's not is it work I don't know I don't know if you've you're experienced art. that you're, yeah. you're creating art and you're getting paid to create art you yeah know? it's like fuck it's awesome it's great like that's a beautiful thing about this we've picked careers that are aligned with our interests we may not love it all the time but it is enjoyable most of the time I would argue and the fact that we get paid for it is fuck yeah sign me up like this is cool i get to talk to cool people on podcasts and learn shit like and you get to interview me and learn shit it's like hell yeah it's a win-win it's cool yeah um i i definitely feel i i love it i it's like a video game you know what are you doing in a video game you're i don't know you're working you're building stuff yeah we just turn life into a video game you know we're yeah. leveling up different skills we're unlocking new abilities or unlocking new levels and fighting new bosses all that stuff it's just life's a video game yeah it's the uh the mundane stuff that you do to get to the boss level. And I, I, I it's, it's, that's the analogy. I've heard people talk about it before, but it, it very much is that it's the, you know, if you Zelda game currently came out, probably a lot of people playing that currently. Yeah. Um, I think I played the old one a while back. The, I can't remember what they're even called. Breath now. of the Wild or something. Breath of the Wild. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's so funny when I, that you do you you go over to the one side of the map to pick up a key so you can go back to the other side of the map to unlock something to like yeah. fight a boss but then i feel like the last quarter i i jumped into uh george's uh copy thinking community this year uh and obviously i've watching kieran drew and, and your stuff as well the writing stuff and i'm like really deep into studying the storytelling and and, and copying this so to speak so i went off in that little adventure and then my big boss was creating a landing page and launching a program at the end of the last quarter. And I made money from that. So I went off into the into the world, decided to create a bit of a skill stack. I'm still not very good at it, I'm terrible at it, landing pages. I'm not very good at copywriting. My storytelling, 
obviously can improve. But I got to a level where I was able to make as much in a month than I would have made. At a, a, I had a decent six-figure corporate job at the class insurance company. I, I just had a, a very good month. Uh, but it, out of thin air, because I went decide to to study some copywriting shit, some storytelling yeah. stuff, read a couple of books. Uh, I think you you, you recommended three books a while ago, like earlier this year. I think it was like uh, Writing Rules uh, on Writing Well or, or something else. I saw that post that was on LinkedIn or, or Twitter. I just immediately yeah. bought all three of those books on Amazon yeah. and listened to them. Yeah. <laughs> Still not saying I'm great at this stuff because I, I, you know, there's always room for improvement. But that idea from the video games about like, okay, well, we're I need to go and see this character to get this skill set so I can then go back and fight the boss. So if you think about that, if I want to launch launch a community or launch a program, well, what skill set do I have to get good at? Oh, probably copywriting and storytelling. So who are the two or three people who are going to follow? online that are going to help you get there? Or can you join their community? Can you hire them? Can you work with them? Um, to me, it's just common sense. It's it, it's it works like that. So I I, I yeah, it it is fun. It's it is it is a lot of fun. Uh, we continue to grow. We continue to grow. Cool, cool. Yeah. With that said, we've been talking for about an hour. So uh, I've got a couple of questions in there, and then we'll kind of wrap up. Uh, maybe I'll yeah. poke a few more things as as we're talking. Yeah. Uh, the first question I always ask is: We're sort of moving towards. Uh, towards the end is what, what contrarian view do you have either in personal performance <laughs> or writing or, or where, where do you push back against the norm uh, in life? Well, I was going to think of some contrarian. So like, like <laughs> political takes, I was like, oh, old I got some crazy ones. Uh, when it comes to performance or writing, um, I think a lot of people, they, they're so focused on grammar or, or, different frameworks and all of that like you know like oh use the problem agitate solution copywriting framework or whatever blah 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 a lot of it's a lot of the time it's like putting whipped cream on dog shit because your idea sucks <laughs> like straight up dude like a lot of people's ideas they're just not interesting you know and you got to start from the idea like why do we watch a movie because the idea is interesting or the story yeah. is interesting and you always got to start from the idea that is the foundation of everything. And if you, yeah, you try to dress it up with words or these copywriting principles or whatever, it's it's just not going to be compelling. So you really got to focus on the idea. One book I would recommend is Made to Stick by Dan yes. and Chip Heath. It's a fucking amazing book. Yeah, great book. Um, trying to think what else. Uh, performance. Oh, yeah. One of the stupidest things, I think, is uh, the Pomodoro technique you know like 20 minutes on five minutes <laughs> off or something dude it takes you like it can take up like up to 20 minutes to get in the flow state yeah. and you're like fucking oh yeah let's just fucking restart it's like no like get your ass like an hour and a half and two hours and just fucking work like yeah. don't focus on anything else like get your ass into gear fucking think it's the stupidest advice you fucking 20 minutes on five minutes i off, i like. can't i can't stand it i i've <laughs> I, I hate it when people uh people bring that up as as um a system Right, I talk about productivity zones, and I said I, I have three a day. You're one of my productivity zones today, but for me, a productivity zone is sixty to ninety minutes because ninety minutes is our ultradian rhythm. So we we're constantly living our days in this ninety minute rhythm. You know, we get peak focus, and then we get a little tired. So, so if we you know listen to any Andrew Huberman podcast, he'll tell you the same thing. Uh, but 
the posts that I have and people are like, oh yeah, I use the pompadour technique every 25 minutes. I take a break. I'm like, what are you fucking talking about? Potato. <laughs> yeah. Like, fuck pompadour. I, I don't know who you are, man, but you, you're screwing people up. <laughs> it's, yeah, because yeah, it's, it's a, that, that, what uh, science, well, you, as you said, 15, 20 minutes for people to actually get focused on to, to block out the noise. So it's, it, it's yeah. stupid. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Anything else you want to hit on? That's a couple of things there. <laughs> um, one thing I was—I used to be really religious about waking up at five or six a.m. And one thing I've just kind of unsubscribed to this past year is just focus on getting sleep. Like you know, it was like uh, Alex Ramosi really—I think he paved the way for me for this. But just kind of realizing you don't have to wake up to at a certain time to be successful. You know, like focus on getting a good night's sleep instead of waking up at a certain time. Yeah. Um, so that's what I've been doing this past year. You know, just maybe have a set bedtime, like 10 p.m. for me. And then, you know, just sleep, you know, allow yourself to sleep and then wake up when you wake up naturally because you probably need to sleep that amount of time. Yeah. I could be wrong. I'm open to changing my view on this. But um, I remember I would wake up at like 6 a.m., 5.30 a.m. And I would just be dead ass tired in the middle of the day. I couldn't figure out why. Now I don't have those dips. Yeah, because I myself sleep. I 100% agree with that. I think for me, it's 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 the it's a nighttime routine, uh, and it's not really a major routine. The only routine that I have is uh, it fucks my sleep if I don't do this. But it's it's at least half an hour, if not an hour, of no screens, yeah. no TV, yeah. no dumb shit, no sitting on TikTok. Or I don't even have TikTok on my phone at the moment, but uh, YouTube, whatever, or, or yeah. Threads. Uh, I find that when I give my mind a good 45 minutes with no screens, my sleep is so much better. I also tape my mouth and have mouth guard and everything, do a lot of kind of... Uh, I gotta try that. I, I keep seeing that. I haven't tried that yet. I, I deep, I'm much deep, deeper sleep with the mouth taping. Yeah. I, I find okay. it... Um, even my wife says that I, I don't make as much noise. I have a bad... I, I, I've, I've used a mouth guard for a decade or whatever. Because I, I smack when I'm sleeping. Yeah. They're weird noises. Yeah. Like my wife wakes up and goes, what the fuck is this guy doing? Possessed. Like it possessed. Like I'm obviously eating a sandwich in my dream, you know, I'm just doing something stupid uh, yeah. while I'm sleeping. Um, but when I tape my mouth, I, I just find a little bit of medical tape. Just put it, I just put it across my mouth. And you really need to breathe. You can still breathe through it, but it just closes the mouth um enough it's not like you're getting duct tape and like taping yourself yeah. like you're a hostage at nighttime like you're into some weird kink scene uh <laughs> you get one of those zipper masks like, yeah <laughs> ball <in> your <laughs> that should be a good that'd be a good shit post yeah, I've, yeah. Been, I've, I've put a ball gang in my mouth for the past 30 days just changed my sleep forever <laughs> You should I'll write it. that for a fitness client. You should do that. That's brilliant. Uh, no, but I, I, I find it really, I, I find my sleep much better. I notice now when I don't tape my mouth uh, that I, it, I don't sleep as well. But I've even noticed now with exercising, I'm, I'm trying to be a lot more cognitively aware with the, the, the nose breathing. Uh, when I'm out jogging or, or I don't really jog, I go for a walk and there's a certain part of my walk that I up the pace a little bit to get that zone two three exercise in uh but yeah no it's it, it's made me cognitively aware because i i find myself sometimes that even at the computer working i'm a mouth breather my my jaw just opens and i'm like oh. uh and i'm trying to be a little bit more aware of using my nose so yeah i would i give it a go it's, it's not going to kill you yeah okay sweet i'll take my mouth 
And if it does it's kill like you, gun. you cannot come after me. Uh... <laughs> yeah, 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 I won't hold you liable. I'll be dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> true, true, true. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I, those are some good contrarian views. I think I, 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 a lot of the writing ones, I see a lot of people shitting on the writing ones, but I, I as somebody who, uh, somebody who wasn't a very good, not I'm not very good at grammar or, or, or structure, uh, the, 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 ability to remove a lot of the dumb shit. Uh, and I think it's it's you and Josh Elias that hit on um, the bad adverbs, the L-Y on them. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I, I When I read back some of my older posts, fuck me. Same, bro. Just so many of these useless words just thrown in there. The, you're yeah. trying to make things sound more exciting, but you just kind of, it makes it sound stupid. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. Good stuff. Cool, cool, cool. Well, Wrapping up, getting close to the end here. Uh, the final question. And before I ask you the final question, is there anything that you want to ask me? Is there anything that I should have asked you? Is there anything that we didn't cover that you want to cover? Is there anything at all? Mm. No, I was going to ask you if you like pineapple pizza, but you already answered that. So, no, man, I think we're, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm golden, bro. I'm I, good for this last question. Fire I, away. I, I, I love a good pineapple pizza. I often, <laughs> yeah, my, my wife, culture. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've had, um, uh, pizza Garden in Vancouver, the oh, Nea- Neapolitan-style pizza. So my wife and I will often get a massive large pizza between us, and half of it will be pepperoni, and the other half will be uh, ham and pineapple, and nice. we have uh, two slices of each. So it's it's nice. we're, I like we're, it. we're big, but I, I like the Neapolitan-style fire oven pizzas. Yeah. I don't like yeah, uh, dude, Domino's or yeah, screw Domino's. Yeah, hundred percent. If they ever want to sponsor this podcast, obviously I will allow them. Uh, but, <laughs> but screw Domino's. Uh, with that said, last big last question. It's a quick question, but uh, if you could get everybody in the world to wear a, a printed T-shirt for one day, what would that T-shirt say? Eat pineapple pizza. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. Um, what did it say? You're gonna die one day. I think that's good to keep in the back of your head because I think it would push a lot of people to do what they know they should be doing, whether that be having a hard conversation or or going after what they want in life or getting out of that shitty relationship or shitty job. Yeah. And just yeah, just kind of reminding people, you know, shit's gonna end. The show's gonna be over one day, and you're just gonna be gone. I think it's good to keep in mind. As morbid as that sounds, but I, yeah, I really do. Way to, way to put the, the end the podcast in the diner. Uh, <laughs> You're going to die, motherfucker. <laughs> We're all going to die. Game over, man. Game over. Uh, no, I love it. I'm a big Stoic fan. Memento Mori. Uh, I, 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 I love that message because it, so, it is so fucking true. Uh, it, 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 we think we have time, but we don't. It, it, we, 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 it's going to be over so quickly. Uh, time goes by extremely fast, especially the last five years for me. I have it's like the blip that happened as well in between. Uh, seize the opportunity, carpe diem, all that nonsense. Uh, Dakota, absolutely amazing to have you on. It's been a lot of fun speaking to you. Uh, it's it's been fun seeing you dominate on Twitter and on our platforms and, and do really well. But before we go. Can you tell everybody where to find you, your website? And I'll put all that in the show notes below, but tell everybody where, where, where they can uh, get more of uh, Dakota. 
Yeah, so I'm on Twitter at wrongs to write W R I T E, and then I'm on Instagram at Yo Dakota, and then I'll I'll have my website up probably end of August, but that will probably I'm trying to get the domain Dakota Robertson, but they're not responding. But uh, the Dakota Robertson dot com, uh, where I'll have a lot of nice. stuff going on. But uh, yeah, nice. I, I got I got stephentimony dot com years ago, but I I can't get Steve. Yeah, I can't get Stephen Timoney on Twitter. Some guy in Ireland's got it with a PH. But I got... <laughs> Ironic. Ironic, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably a cousin of mine. And, yeah. yeah uh, but I got Steve with the VE. But yeah, no, I'll, I'll put all those uh, those details. Have you uh, below? Have you ever thought about changing your Twitter from wrongs to right to Dakota or? or I have. It... I have. I gotta find the. I gotta find a consistent username among all platforms. Yeah. It's, it's it's shitty. I got a kind of generic last name, so. Well, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. She's got to hack some accounts. Should do it up. Yeah, I was able to get Steve Timoney, so I I did that on Instagram, on um, Instagram Threads, and I think TikTok. I'm Steve Timoney, and then uh, officially on LinkedIn, I'm Steve Timoney. On Twitter, I'm Steve Timoney as well. But it, people know I'm P H E N. Yeah, but it is handy to have one that's very similar across them all. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I'll I'll put all those below. Because uh, wrongs to white is going back. Wrongs to right is is going back to the floating hand. Hey, yeah, dude, the, the, the yeah the good old days. The good old days. When you had a, a a guy, was that a feather? Was that a guy holding it was, a feather? It was a floating. Yeah, it was a floating hand with a pen. The so, pen. I yeah. going back to those days. Yeah, that's brilliant, brilliant. Uh, Dakota, absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming on. Uh, it's my fiftieth episode of the SBS podcast, Performance Origins. It's been great having a conversation with you. I really appreciate you. And we'll talk, we'll talk soon, my man. Sweet. Thank you, brother. Appreciate having me. Cheers. That was the 58th episode of the SPS podcast. Thanks, Dakota, for coming on. Obviously, I will put all his information in the show notes below. And also, if you want to check out my information, it will be down there as well. You can find me at stephentimony.com. Uh, you can find me at Steve Timoney on Twitter, S-T-E-V-E-T-I-M-O-N-E-Y. Thanks again for Dakota. Thank you for listening all the way through this part of the podcast. And we will speak to you in the next one. Make it a good one.